Hey, Pat. Um, so I've got another voice memo for you. Actually, I have a couple. But um, I, I think maybe in your message yesterday you were asking me if I would be comfortable like sharing our exchange um, or you making it into something else um, to share. <clears throat> and yeah, um, I would be totally fine with that. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything I said that I wouldn't say to someone who asked. Because <laughs> um, I probably am like an oversharer. Or maybe I'm like an undersharer, but then when someone asks, I overshare. <laughs> um, and yeah, so um, I trust you. And, um, but I don't know if that's what you're asking, actually. And, and you know, um, I, it's totally fine either way. Like, I, it's maybe not the vibe of your thing that you're doing right now. I don't know. Um, but anyway... Uh, the other two voice memos I'm going to send you are um, from the archives of voice memos that Arlo uh, recorded without, without us realizing. Um, and um, it, one, basically, they're both of us trying to sing Row Your Boat in a Round. Um, and be, uh, oh, hi, Arlo. <laughs> Arlo just looked in. I'm recording a voice memo for Pat. Yeah. What? Your pizzas are almost ready. Yeah. Um, and so I was just telling Pat these voice memos are that I found on row, that you had recorded. Row, and there was these two where, do you remember when I was um, trying to explain to you what a round is? With singing? And so we, we were like, okay, row, row, row your boat, row, right? Row, right? Gently down the street. Because I wanted, I wanted to send merrily, Pat. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. A little bit funny. Row, row, Why don't I play row them for your you? Can gently them. down the street. But anyway, I'm just telling Pat what merrily they are, which is, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was trying to explain to Arlo what a round is. And then, uh, you know, so this is like significant because Mark's first published story was called The Round. And in it, like the people sing, row your boat, or perhaps more accurately, row, row, row your boat. Um, anyway, so I, I was like explaining to Arlo and we tried singing it and like I tried coming in for the, you know, the round part and it just, it, it, it was like too hard, which is something I relate to with rounds it's like really hard to like hold your part when there's other parts being sung. So then we like called in Mark and we're like, okay, let's bring in the real singer here. <laughs> and so he sang a part, he sang one part and we sang the other part and that worked better, but it still kind of like falls apart in the end, which is kind of funny. You know what I think would be really fun? Memo. Hi, Maggie. Um, it's so odd, in a way, um, that today today is is uh, the day that I can uh, send you a, a voice memo to say hi, um, because I now have your phone number, and I didn't before. Um, 
because uh, I've been thinking a lot about voice memos um, for different reasons. Anyways, I just wanted to say hi. I, I texted you um, probably like three weeks ago, a string of texts um, about this idea that I had um, about making a podcast. And I was, I was reaching out to ask you if, if you wanted to be the, the first person who was on it. I warn you right now, like, I, I have, you know, this, I, I have too, too many sudden ideas, like, oh, let's make a thing. Um, and then not great follow through sometimes. And I texted you asking if you want to talk about it. And, uh, you didn't text back, which I didn't take, uh, personally. I, it, it just wasn't your number anymore. And it, and the bubbles were green too. So I thought probably something was fucked up about it, but maybe there was something that you, that was in there that you didn't want to talk about because I, I had asked about, um, your story about the canoe and what happens underwater. Um, and that conversation we had, which just has totally stuck with me um and when like when a conversation stuck sticks with me that much I start to also be like why why do I think about that conversation all the time and I I stumbled into an answer sort of backwards um when I was talking to a friend last month basically I was talking about um Mexico we were getting ready to go we went with the family for just like four days. And I was telling someone the story about how I almost drowned, um, in Mexico when I was 12. And I, I was telling the story and listening to myself and I got to, I, I got sucked out and like, in a way, in a, in a place that no one on the beach could see me and it, it, my, my family, the beach people or the lifeguards. And I was just, get, I just got hammered by all these waves a bunch of times. I was 12. Um, and it was just a very slow realization and then a sudden kind of realization like, oh, this is how you die. Um, and I'm going to. And I was like, I no longer had actually enough energy to get myself back to the beach based on what was happening with the waves. Like my body knew. Um, and I just gave up right as I was sort of realizing that I, I wasn't going to be able to get back. I just kind of gave up and was sort of doggy paddling, just sort of waiting. I, I got hit by four waves in a row and then each one mashed me, um, against the bottom on the sandbar. And I just sort of knew like the next one was kind of the one where like I, my, my arms would go limp or something. And I just sat there and I was treading water, barely swimming. And then I swam a little bit and then I looked back and there were just no waves, none for like, I don't know, 10 minutes or five minutes, whatever it took me to get back. Um, and I crawled up onto the beach and I think my sister and my dad were, were playing fucking Frisbee. You know, and, and the beach was just normal. The beach was the beach. Here we are. And I was like lying there in the sand. And I just knew before I even 
said anything to anyone that I was never possibly going to be explain, be able to explain that I had just almost died with any credibility. Um, like I was going to sound wrong, even though I knew I wasn't, but I also didn't want to communicate at all about it, uh, because it was the edge, you know? Um, and it was so mundane. It was so banal, maybe is the word like touristy, bright, beautiful beach. And then, uh, idiots, white American panting covered in sands. It was embarrassing on top of like existential threat. It was a lot of feelings at once, but I was telling that story to someone and I just like somewhere in there, I just was like, I don't think I'm, I brought this up at all. I mean, I didn't want, you were telling your story, but I, 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 it was, it was more than that. I don't think I remembered or it popped into my head once that, that this thing had happened when I was 12, when you were telling me yours. And there's so many pieces of it that are just the same. And I was just like, how could I have, how could I have been so locked in and listening to everything Maggie was telling me about what had happened to her and never once thought of me uh, and, and how I had, I had like a story in the same genre. It, it wasn't because I didn't want to smush your story with my story or one up yours. I, I literally didn't think of it. I didn't remember it then. Um, and I was like, you know, that to me is really interesting uh, in terms of like a phenomenon, but also your story also is profound. Um, and I think my inability to take whatever my story about Cancun is and integrate it into who I was is really important important and a problem um you know I don't I guess I, I guess I was traumatized I guess I, I have a really really hard time talking about that word and saying it in terms of me um but I I think obviously it's barely locked into my memory I remember it as like this thing that happened to someone else so I think I had been thinking about podcasts because of the strike. I'd been not wanting to just do whatever, but when I thought about all of those things, it kind of connected with another thing I was thinking about, which was friendship uh, and old friends. Um, I really wanted to talk about old friends and friendships and what they can do for us um, because I don't think that really gets serviced very well by the culture, romance and parenting and being a child uh, and work somehow dominate and slowly shove friendship out but that that that's a problem I think you know with the way that our world is built right now I wanted just to have talk about friendship in different ways and I, and the idea I had was like a thing I love about friendship is sharing stories because we kind of like teach each other that we're, we're really the same over and over again. 
and your your story just made me remember you and it but you know it made me remember um your loss um way back when when i was in vermont and that song uh that i wrote and just like a lot of big feelings around all of that not not for me like being empathically um wanting to be your friends but maybe more complicated and deeper and maybe more meaningful and another thing i just didn't understand so long story short i was like oh i bet just talking engaging with maggie in all sorts of ways about this would be very rich and maybe she'd be up for it and i texted you and didn't hear back didn't make many assumptions but i i heard from mark um after he had reached out about the, looking for a house and i said oh i had misunderstood actually and i thought it it said not local is okay and i was like i think there's one here but then and he was like it has to be close and then he said privately privately you know um that you were you were in an inpatient facility and and not at home probably for a minute and it'd been a hard time um you know I, I that's the limit of what i know but i but also i i know because i know you but anyway i wanted to reach out i'm not actually with this new information about um you know what's going on with you i'm not asking about the the podcast anymore but i'm just sending you a voice text because that song <laughs> that's why i said it. that song i also recorded on a voice text i've been thinking about that song a lot because i've been thinking about music um uh, as being like a more honest emotional space for me um and how that song always fucking gets me and i don't know why um so there there is no thesis statement maggie i i'm just sending you a message saying i miss you i love you i'm sorry um for whatever is feeling like right now or whatever it's feeling like right now and uh i like voice texts that first that one from the song was maybe the one of the first voice memos I ever recorded and I do I do them all the time but I I've been hating texting so much I've just been being like I should just go all in on voice memo and texting them to people not even the little one minute ones like this 10 15 minute ones Mackenzie Davis the who's in station 11 um who's Kirsten hilariously once said to me she liked voice memos and voice text because they were as far as she could tell the only form of consensual communication <laughs> um like here's here's me, a dump of talking for 15 minutes but you, it's up to you whether or not you want to listen to it I, I thought that was funny so uh you know not texting not calling i'm going to text this to you and um you can do anything you want with it um you can you can call me back, not call me back, send me another one, not send me one, talk to me in four months, write me a letter, you owe me nothing. Um, my, there is a thesis statement. Uh, Hi, little giggling switch players and plushy enthusiasts and dice rolling, 
squirrel-loving friends that are fuzzy little fur balls. Hey, Pat. Um, so I'm going to try voice memo too, um, which I, I don't think I've really done. I think I've done voice, like, messages or texts or something, but, um, anyway, when I went to, when I opened my voice memos, I found all these voice memos that the kids had made on my phone, and, um, there's this really funny one from Arlo, so I'll send it to you after this. It's, it's a recording he made just to (laughs) play for our Emma and his friend one time. Um, but anyway, um, hi. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like so touched by your message. Thank you. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm really sorry about the phone number thing. This is part of my problem. I'm bad with technology and, um, so I thought I had sent you my new number, but I'm glad you got it anyway. And, um, yeah, I, I love this voice memo idea and I listened to the one you recorded, recorded, um, very cool. I like the, just, it's so free. Um, but anyway, I, um, yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm not in a inpatient place yet. Um, we're just trying to figure that out and I'm, so I'm kind of in a bit of a weird space where like we've decided I, or I've decided I need to like get some more help, but still trying to like figure it out. So like it might be a PHP program and then I would, um, stay somewhere at night or it might be like a residential program or something, but, um, but yeah, so now I'm just sitting here kind of like, (laughs) waiting uh and feeling anxious about it um and um so but yeah um I wanted to tell you that to add a little wrinkle to to your sort of wondering about you know why you didn't think of your story when I was telling my story um is that you actually did um I remember you, you sharing that. And I, I think, I don't think you, you didn't tell me as much as you just did now. You, you didn't tell the whole story, but you did say, I remember you said, you told me about, um, that you were out there in the ocean and you, you felt like you were going to drown. You, the waves were beating against you and, and that you, that nobody saw. And it just, um, I don't know. I, I, I think you mentioned it just briefly as a way to kind of like, I think, validate my experience because I tend to, you know, sort of like downplay or dismiss or question what actually happened. And, um, and it's, it's kind of like, that's, that's one of the interesting things about it. I think that I think about a lot is, you know, when you said, that you, um, got onto the beach and then, you know, it was just like, you know, white tourist life as normal. And you just knew that nobody would believe you. And that's like, that's exactly it. And there's this sort of weird, almost like sheepishness or something about telling the story. Cause it's like, how do you say, um, 
like, ah, you know, I almost died. I almost drowned. Uh, and, and, you know, when it happened to me and then after I got to shore and like, they kind of like sat me in a dry canoe and I just kind of like sat there and some guy came by with like an uncrustable <laughs> and offered it to me. But like, I was just like, and I remember they, you know, they, they were recovering all of the stuff that had fallen out of the canoe and, and they recovered my flip flops cause they were, they had like cork soles. So they were floating and I remember just being like, those fucking flip-flops had it much easier than I did. Like, they, they just, like, floated along, and now here they are. And I just honestly felt resentful about those flip-flops for a long time. But, um, but yeah, I was like, and then, and then I just, I think I, I basically, I lost my shit and started sobbing. Because I had some um, loving, supportive women with me who were checking on me and um so but yeah it's still it was like I still it's it's just like how do you say that um and I just you know it's funny because it's 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 something it's almost like similar to what I'm struggling with right now is like trying to tell people that I'm doing this thing for my you know mental health and like how do you tell people that your depression has gotten to this point or like the thoughts you've been having um you know it's just it kind of cracks the veneer of something like it's very hard um and yeah so I just wonder, like, to go to 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 experience that as a twelve-year-old is really uh, that's really something. Like, you know, I mean, like you're talking about basically facing your own death, kind of accepting it, not necessarily willingly, but like just being like, this is it, this is how it happens. You know, and I remember too, like, it's it's like the thing they say that happens, which is that time slows down in your head. And, and you, like, I, I even, I remember having thoughts like, yep, there's going to be a newspaper with like a headline. It's going to be like, you know, like woman dies trapped under canoe or whatever. Um, there's this like whole period where I was like obsessed with trying to find stories online about people who had similar experiences or whatever um and but anyway I, yeah as a 12 year old like that's not that's so like kind of counter to the the, the normal sort of 12 year old mindset of like feeling kind of immortal or whatever or so they say I don't know <laughs> I don't really remember and I grew up in a crazy religion where you know, we're all going to be immortal anyway. So, um, but just think, Pat, what did that, I, I just think that that must've really like shaped you in a way. And I think the fact that, you know, you're wondering like, why didn't I remember that? But I think 
I, like I said, you did mention it, but I think you forgot that you mentioned it. And I think that's interesting actually. Cause I think, I mean, that is like the hallmark of trauma or not the hallmark, but it's forgetting, um, forgetting things that you think like, how could I possibly have forgotten that? Um, and, and then I'm like, I think it's so interesting that you're surfing and that you said that surfing helps you with your depression. Cause like, I don't know, you know, I've never surfed, but, um, I feel like there's, there's a lot of like scary wave action there. Just saying, I don't know. I'm seeing some connections. (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, it is, it is really a strange thing because that honestly, that canoe accident was one of the most pr- profound experiences of my life. And it's not, I had a really, my, my therapist kind of talked me through it in a way that really changed the way I thought about it. Um, not, not to say, I mean, I, I still have, like when I see rushing water and when I, I still haven't been in a canoe, I still get really like panicky about people struggling to breathe um just a minute hey Emma just a minute okay 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 um but she I I I probably told you this already but like when I when it happened I felt guilty or right after it happened I felt guilty because I I thought I gave up I knew I knew that like I gave up because I, because I kept, I I reached the point like you did where I knew I couldn't do it anymore. And, and then I was like, I can't, yeah, accepting that. And, 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 and then that was, and she, what she told me was that is what your body, mind, whatever it is, does in a survival situation. That's how it protects you. Like you give up and then, and then an opening can appear and obviously like it's obviously doesn't happen for everybody so it's not like some not to make it into some kind of like cliche like but that was totally true for me like I when I stopped struggling I finally somehow I think was able to see what I needed to do and I don't know I wonder for you too like when you sort of gave up I know you said the wave stopped and, um, yeah, I'm really glad they did. (laughs) Um, but maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Um, that, that, that for me, and, and actually like then I, and you know, I know you mentioned the song that you wrote when we lost our, our first baby and, and, you know, still is like one of the most incredible gifts anyone's ever given me. Um, but, um, I, I also talked about that with my therapist and there was this like thing that happened where we're talking about, cause there was this moment where we were at Mark and I were having to make a decision about what to do with the babe, with the pregnancy, basically end the pregnancy or try some like, you know, Thing where they would like put me in a position to try to keep the baby in longer and stuff and um and it was just like this completely impossible decision 
and uh and then and then the baby like kicked and the water my water broke and that was it the decision like it was like the decision was made and it was like I remember just feeling this relief in a way um and I don't know, there was like something about that, that I don't know, there's like some, some really, my therapist, you know, talked about it in this really beautiful way of like, and connected it to the water with the canoe, the rushing water and the like giving up and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. So, Hey, um, I just pulled into my driveway. I just, actually exactly as your voice memo ended, I pulled into my driveway. Um, and yes, I may have been crying, uh, while, while driving, but, uh, in a good way. Um, thank, of course I, I, I brought it up and forgot <laughs> that my story, the whole thing is premised on me forgetting and thinking that I hadn't forgotten. Um, but as, as you say, um, that's interesting too. It's so good to hear your voice. Um, and I really, I think, just wanted you to hear mine uh, and to remember all your friendships. Um, I don't know. I just had that feeling. Um, I think I think you guys are going to be okay. Um, and I did I did have one thought, um, but I also don't want to, you know, probe into you and th- into your things um, that I don't really know about. Uh, well enough to, but just based purely on my one voice memo and your response, um, which is, I, I just couldn't help but think that um, what whatever you're doing now, stepping away, um, making a change, uh, getting some space, going to a, a place for some separation, is also like what your therapist said and like what you were saying about the giving up. Um, I don't think it's the right term. I think once it's frames like your body's next move to try to survive, I think giving up is, um, is loaded and morally loaded and probably can summon, uh, the elders sitting at a table in front of you at 23 in Ithaca um, saying you're giving up on God. How dare you? Um, But when your therapist says it, like that's strategy two for survival. Uh, Stop struggling. And the answer shows itself to you. Um, That's just another way to love or try, or not give up. 
I don't know what giving up even means, uh, but I hope I hope whatever this is right now doesn't feel like you are. Um, I think it's this is the next thing. Um, and I think you guys are gonna I don't know find something find something new on the other side of it. Um, yeah, it's it's not. Um, yeah, giving up is not the right word. I think it's more like. It's like this other thing that's not really defined, which is kind of like turning toward the most terrifying unknown, I guess, in a sort of open way. Um, and yeah, like that's not something I <laughs> would ever do willingly, but uh, I think it's actually probably one of the, the deepest experiences um that's how it felt it's it's hard to it's hard to describe that because it's not you know that experience was not a good experience but it showed me something that I can't also can't stop thinking about and I'm very curious about um and is in a way more spiritual than anything I ever grew up with. A dream. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merry, 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 let's live by a
Thank you, fucking forever, to Maggie, and to Mark, for sharing their story. Thank you as well to Arlo, 14, and to Emmett, 11, who you heard singing the round. They are both artists, like their parents. Arlo would go on the receive his pizza. Their big brother Ben, would be turning 15. On August 1st. Had he survived. The canoe accident on the Wisconsin River, when Maggie almost drowned, also happened on the anniversary of Ben's death, on August 1st, two years ago. Maggie, says, she remembers. Ben the most. Every July, 